Thank God the Mets won on Thursday. After a four-game losing streak, the Mets had to avoid the sweep Thursday. They almost did it when they blew a 7-3 lead, but when there's a squirrel, there's a way, and the Mets score two in the bottom of the eighth and win the game 9-8, and they get a big victory over the Nationals. This could have been a different podcast if they did not. The Braves are coming to City Field this weekend, and the rain might wash some of it away, but they should play a few. And it's an early test against the first-place Braves, and we'll see how the Mets will fare. JV is on his way back soon. Scherz will be back from a suspension. A big week ahead in Mets land. We hear the sounds from Queens on this episode, and we also play for the first time. What you gonna do? And it's all coming up next on a new episode of Amazing But True from the New York Post. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Queens, New York. Mets take the field. So amazing. He lines one out of right center field. That's a base hit. It's going to go up the gap and all the way to the wall. Marte's in with the tying run. Alonso into second base with an RBI double. And the Mets have drawn even. It's 8-8. Eight eight. Now Jeff McNeil. And McNeil gets one in the air to right field. Thomas got turned around. Now back to the warning track near the wall, and he can't get it. Alonzo around third. He's racing for the plate. McNeil heads to third. Jeff McNeil with an RBI triple. He struck him out, and the ball game is over. David Robertson gets the final three outs. Mets rally for two in the bottom of the eighth. Their biggest offensive output of the year with 16 hits. Welcome back to Amazing But True, our New York Mets podcast from the New York Post. I'm your host, the podfather, Jake Brown. Those highlights you heard are courtesy of SNY. No guest on the solo show today. Producer Andrew Hartz will pop on a little bit later as we play for the first time. What you gonna do? Shot caller, big baller. We will go over what you're gonna do. We'll also go into Queens and the sounds from Queens as we hear sounds from the Mets of the week. But let's get this thing going because this would have been an entirely different show if the Mets were to get swept by the lousy Nationals. A four-game losing streak almost turned into five when their below-average middle relief blew it on Thursday. A 7-3 lead became an 8-7 deficit thanks to a grand slam by... 
C.J. Abrams, the light-hitting nine-hitter, hitting a grand slam off Brooks railed E. Absolutely railed. Tommy Hunter has been bad. He looks like he might be finished, but, you know, it's early. But, damn, Tommy Hunter, they brought him back. I like him. I like the guy. He's had a good career. The way he's pitching, he looks like it could be over, and this could be his last year. Brooks really giving up a granny against a lefty, lefty, lefty. He's supposed to get lefties out, and he's giving up homers to C.J. Abrams. Not good, but when there's a squirrel, there's a way. The flying squirrel with a go-ahead RBI triple saves the Mets in the eighth. A 7-3 lead became an 8-7 deficit, then became a 9-8 New York Mets victory. They avoid a five-game losing streak. They lost two to the Giants, two to the Nats, but they win on Thursday and salvage it. Thank God. I mean, this panic already in Mets land already goes crazy. Remember, it's April. So the Mets win, and it's a 9-8 final. Everything is good and grand with the Braves coming to town in a series that might get washed away. I mean, we'll see how many games they play this weekend. At least one, maybe two of these games will get rained out. I expect there to be a doubleheader on Monday. The fourth game of the series um, is a one o'clock game. I expect a doubleheader Monday. And then, you know, they'll try to get one of these other ones in. And then the only other time to move them would be August 11th through 13th, the weekend versus the Braves. That's their only other home series. With this new scheduling, they only have one other home series against the Braves, which is like criminal. It's insane. It might be good this year because the NL East is so good, but only one of the series against the Braves. So, They'll probably move it to then. It'll be summer. It'll be post-trade deadline. It might be a completely different Mets team. It might be a different Braves team in August when that comes around. But the Mets got one victory in a series where they were home for the first time in a while. The Mets only had six home games coming into this series. Now they've gone through nine, at least in baseball, and they'll have four more this weekend. But you have to remember, folks, when people want to panic in April over losses and losing to the Nationals, you know, the Nationals will end up with 50 wins. There's going to be series they win, and there's going to be series against good teams that they win. They happen to win this series. The Mets season isn't over. Their World Series hopes aren't over because they lost a series in April. You talk to Jake Brown 10 to 12 years ago, I might have been jumping off a bridge. But you, you learn through all these years that You cannot lose sleep. You cannot jump off the bridge. You cannot quit on the team because they lose games in April. These games matter. I'm not going to say they don't matter because the Mets tied the Braves. They won one more game last year. They won the division. Maybe the season changes. I agree. The games do matter. But in the grand scheme of things, they don't. In terms of it's not over. There's plenty of time. Guys are hurt. They're the walking wounded so before you, you know, pop a vein, screaming or yelling or getting mad over the Mets, if they were to be swept, yeah, I'd be pretty pissed off, and it's a different story. But even if they were swept, it's not like Mets World Series cancel. Like, calm down. They're without their two aces right now. They're putting a patchwork rotation together. What my concern continues to be is that bullpen. Like I said, if Rayleigh's not getting lefties out, you brought him here for that. And he's got to be, he's supposed to be your middle reliever. That's reliable. Tommy Hunter, like I said, might be finished. Like there are concerns in that bullpen. David Robertson has been great. Thank God. But Hunter has not been good. Rayleigh's been, you know, that was only Rayleigh's second bad performance. He has two innings where he's got rocked. 
Um, he only got charged with two runs, but a grand slam in that spot is big. That's the one thing you couldn't do, and he did it. So Tommy Hunter's what set up that bad inning. But, you know, he went an inning in two-thirds. So Luke Casey was okay, wasn't at his best. But, you know, Pete Alonzo, Jeff McNeil got it done. But the real key is Brett Beatty because his bat's hot now. You know, another thing, fans are worried. Brett Beatty hits his first home of the year, hits it, you know, to center, right center field, three for three day. His average is up to 321 right now. Brett Beatty is in a rhythm. He's in a groove. He's playing every day. And I think Brett Beatty could be a key piece to this lineup. And it was cool to see the Mets 8-9 guys being their two youngsters and Beatty and Alvarez. Alvarez is getting hits here and there, you know, a hit each game. And that's what you ask for. You ask him hits, improve defensively. But he's your nine hitter. He's not going to hit 300. But if Beatty and Alvarez could give you that pop at the bottom of the order, that's something to smile about. And the flying squirrel, like we said, something to smile about. 432 over his last 11 games. He's up to 301. Jeff McNeil is hot. So you have McNeil hot. You got Beatty hot. And then you got a couple of your bob. You got Lindor hot. He had a big day. You got a couple of your boppers cold. Pete Alonso was cold. 0 for 19 going into last night. He was in a little bit of a slump. I'm not worried because he was just so hot at the start that it's going to happen. But he had two for five day yesterday. So he's at 252. You're fine with that. Vogelback is starting to hit a little bit up to 271. Lindor at a two-hit day. I know he's 222, but he's been okay. He's driving guys in. Marte's a bit of a concern. You know, you could talk about switching. I know the talk amongst fans, and I probably agree, is maybe switching McNeil and Marte. The way McNeil is hitting now, I think it should be Nimmo, McNeil, Lindor, Alonzo. Then maybe you got Marte, or you got Vogelback, and then Marte. But Marte does give you the stolen base element. He's got eight steals, so I get why he's up there. And he's a righty. They want to mix it up. Lefty, righty, lefty, righty. I get that. But I don't know. If you're facing a righty, I think you got to consider putting McNeil in the two. And if it's a lefty, yeah, you you put him lower in the order. But against right-hand pitching, I'd like to see McNeil get more at-bats and see McNeil you know, at the top. Because if Nimmo gets on, the way McNeil's hitting, without the shift, he could get him over and the Mets could get things cooking. Um, at least until Marte gets going again. Because, you know, Marte was going to be a little slow here. I mean, he's coming with, you know, the off-season surgeries. You weren't even sure he's ready for opening day. He is. So something's not right there. And you can get why he's off to a slow start. But I would consider making that switch. There's guys getting hot in the lineup, and I don't think it's time for Mets fans to panic. And that was big Thursday. It showed the resiliency. Yeah, they blew the lead. It sucks. But in the bottom of the eighth, they got the job done. And a win is a win is a win is a win. And it's funny how it works, right? Brooks really gives him a homer to the nine or C.J. Abrams, who no one's ever heard of. And he gets the win. Well, that was baseball, Susan. He gets the win. So congrats to Brooks Raley on his first Mets win. Just how he drew it up. Give up a grand slam to an unknown hitter and get the victory. And the Mets badly, badly needed that one. The rest of the series, you know, they lose Wednesday 4-1. to And Dom Smith had his first extra base hit since grabbing my butt cheek. Dominic Smith grabbed my butt cheek once. He had a home run that day. His first extra base since July. Base hit since July. He did a double off Kodai Senga on Wednesday. And the loudest cheer for Mets fans on Wednesday was seeing the Knicks score and the Knicks winning and prevailing moving on to the second round. Senga's been interesting. You know, he leads the Mets in strikeouts and walks. You know, Figgy talked about it on one of the shows is that it's a different baseball. It's a little bit tougher of a grip and it's a different, I mean, it is, than what he's used to uh, pitching in Japan. So I think he's still getting used to that. The cold weather's been tough. You know, it's been different weather. He's cold here. 
West Coast, but it's a little cold in San Fran. So April's a weird month weather wise. And I think they were smart with less home games. Although when the month is all said and done, the Mets will still end up having around 12 home games or so. It was six, seven, eight, nine. 10, 11, 12, Monday's technically May. So you have 12, you know, on the schedule for April. And I agree less is good because of this weather. And we're seeing this weekend with the rain washing everything away that it's going to cause problems. But don't worry about Sanga. I think he will be just fine. And, you know, he leads the Mets strike as a walk. So the command is a bit of a concern, but let's give him a few weeks to see because he's the ghost fork ball has been the put away pitch. And that's been great. But you want him to walk less guys. You don't want him walking three or four guys. And that's got him in trouble on Wednesday and he wasn't terrible, but you know, the bats just had nothing. And then Tuesday was just, you know, just absolutely lifeless effort. Not even worth talking about Tuesday's game. Absolutely lifeless effort from the Mets losing five, nothing on Tuesday. Amazing, but true New York Mets podcast from the New York post. Follow me on Twitter at Jake Brown radio, subscribe to the New York post sports, YouTube page, watch full episodes of the show there and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. The Mets 15 and 11. They're two back of the 17 and nine Braves who come to City Field this weekend. It might be better the games are washed away because the pitching matchups do not favor the Mets. Max Fried versus David Peterson, Spencer Strider versus McGill, Moore inverse Budo, and then an Elder Likely versus Scherzer. That's the one that favors the Mets on Monday, which we might have a doubleheader. So maybe the Mets are better off. Justin Verlander makes his rehab start in Binghamton for the Rumble Ponies today. So it looks like we will likely see Verlander, unless they give him two rehab starts next week against the Tigers. We'll see how they work the rotation, if there are rainouts. But I expect him, and he probably wants to go pitch against his former team in the Tigers. And why wouldn't you? I mean, it's not a great team. It's not a great lineup. You know, you'll be striking a hobby by a few times. So Verlander is on the mend. Scherzer's back. So next week is when you're like, all right, go time. You got your two aces there, likely, and Scherzer, Verlander. Peterson, you would expect maybe is out of the rotation, especially if he has another bad start. That gives you Verlander. That gives you Scherzer. That gives you Sanga. That gives you McGill. And then likely you would expect Lucchese to probably stay in. I got to see how it works with the options, the guys with their minor league options. But you would think Peterson and Budo are the odd men out. You know, Budo wasn't terrible the other night, but he wasn't spectacular. He was just whatever. So I would expect Peterson and Budo to be out. I think Lucchese stays. That gives you your lefty. But we'll see. If Peterson has an incredible start against the Braves, it's hard to be like, all right, you're out of here. But if he has another bad or subpar start, uh, for now, Peterson could be down. So it's going to be interesting to see how Buck and company makes that work. The other interesting news from the week before we go from Sounds from Queens, Puma tweeted this out, about Francisco Lindor sleeping well on the flight from San Francisco because of his snuggle buddy, Starling Marte. I love that line. That was one of my favorite things. Good scoop there from Puma. That's the kind of scoops I want to hear. Lindor snuggle buddy. And listen, Starling Marte's Jack. And there are a lot of girls that wish they were Starling Marte's snuggle buddy. I'll tell you that. He's a good looking guy. He's got the abs. He's got the ice. Starling Marte is that dude. So Francisco Lindor, the, the lucky one to cuddle him. So shout out to Lindor. That was one of the fun things that happened in Mets land this week. Let's check in with Andrew Hartz. What also happened in Mets land this week? Each week on these episodes, you know, we'll have crossover guests, not today, but we'll do our best to kind of hear sounds from the week, and we'll call it sounds from Queens. Let's hear sounds from Queens hearts this week from Mets manager Buck Showalter on New York sports right now, and what a time it is. 
I do. I, you know, the Rogers thing, I'm a fan of New York sports. The Knicks being in the playoffs and going hopefully deep is a, a good thing. Islanders still have a shot, right? Rangers are right there. Devils eliminated. Right. Uh, they're, they're playing. They're playing well, I'm I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I also try to you kind of look at you know the Jets fans and who they're kind of the Ranger Giants Knicks. There's a seems to be a connection, but everything's their own into. Yeah, I'm a fan. I've been pulling for all of them. Unfortunately, like with the Devils and the, the Rangers, somebody's going to go away. They shouldn't have to play each other. Who do who does who do the Knicks play next? Do they know yet. Who's home court? Doesn't seem to mean as much in the like they actually seem to really get engaged in the defense more in the playoffs, don't they? I wonder if the scoring goes down in the playoffs. Bet it does. Buck with the tremendous analysis there. He's not wrong. The Knicks, uh, you know, the unders were hitting, and the Knicks, you know, I'm not a big under guy, but the unders were hitting. It was a defensive battle slash a lot of missed shots. Guys were gassed, but great to hear Buck talking New York sports because there is something special and. You saw it last year during the Rangers playoff run where you, you saw Mets. You know, I was with a few of them at the bar. Like, a few of the guys are at the bar after the game. They're at the Ranger game at the Garden, and there's something about that New York sports camaraderie and guys going out to support other teams. You see it a lot at the Garden. You saw the Mets there at the Ranger game the other night. Unfortunately, the Rangers just couldn't win at home. But you see them chugging beers on the Jumbotron at Madison Square Garden, and it motivates you. It should motivate the Mets. Hey, the Knicks are in the second round of the playoffs. Let's Freaking go, Knicks. New York forever. New York or nowhere. The Knicks are in a round two. Home court against the Miami Heat. Oh, it's the 90s all over again, Buck. What got me to be a Knicks fan? Late 90s. Allen Houston, Latrell Sprewell, Marcus Camby, Charlie Ward, Chris Childs. Those Knicks teams and Pat Riley's headed back to the garden. They kicked the spider out. Now let's stomp on the rats. You know, he's right. There's something about it. It, it pumps you up. You want to be as good as they are, and that should pump up the Mets that the Knicks and Rangers. I mean, we'll see if the Rangers, you know, what's happening now is insane, how they lose three in a row, but hockey, you just never know. Rangers could win this in seven, and it shocks nobody. It's not like they're down and it's over. You know, it's cool to hear the manager in tune with what's going on around him outside of the baseball world because it's different here in New York. It's not like you're in Kansas City. It's like, oh, Chiefs, Royals batting together. New York, there's so many teams, and when they're all good, there's just a different camaraderie here than anywhere else, especially considering they all haven't been that good. And now Rodgers, I mean, it's bananas. If you're a Mets fan listening to the show, there's a good chance you're a Jets fan, and you're hyped, and you get mad. You can't get that mad over April Mets losses when you have your Knicks in the second round, you got the Rangers in it, and the Jets just got one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. I mean, that's how I feel right now, like, so much good is happening with these other teams that you lose a series to the Nationals in April. I'm not that mad. I'm a little mad, but I'm not furious. This isn't September yet. It's early. And I know this Mets team is good. And I know they will be good. You're seeing the bats come alive. And you got Scherzer and Verlander back this week. And that's what you signed up for. Verlander, Scherzer, Sanga, the big three. And you got the big three with the Knicks, Rangers, Jets. Mets, Jets, Knicks, Rangers. Good time right now. Jets, it's, you know, it's only on paper. The draft, you can hear about that on the Gangs All Here podcast with me and Brian Castell. And if you're a Giants fan, Blue Rush, Lawrence Fines, Brandon London. Congrats to Brandon London on having a baby and Paul Schwartz. So that is Blue Rush. So all is good in New York sports land. Good stuff there from Buck paying attention to it. Coming up next on Amazing But True, let's play a little What You Gonna Do. 
any questions. Come on. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, bringing in producer Andrew Hartz. For the first time, we'll play What You Gonna Do. So, Hartz, what do you got for me? All right, Jake, we've got a few questions here, and I'm curious to see where you land on these. So, it's what you're going to do. You're going to take this one or that one. You got to tell me why. So, first one's going to be, you got a night out on the town in New York City. Would you rather go out with Pete Alonzo or Starling Marte? What you going to do? I got to go Pete because I can't roll my R's and Starling mostly speaks Spanish. So I don't know how we would communicate outside of like passing the hookah pipe around. Uh, that's that's it with Marte. Where Pete, we've had him on the show. He at least knows of my existence, I think. Uh, I know some mutual people with Pete. He likes to drink and I don't mind drinking. Um, so I think me and Pete would have a hell of a night. Everyone knows him. If we go to spot my spots, people will know me and they'll know him because he's Pete Alonzo. So we'll be no, I'll, we'll both be known at some spots and he'll be known at all spots. So uh, yeah, I would love to go out with Pete Alonzo and you know I want to make that happen at some point. It's tough, but uh, yeah, at some point I would like a night out with Pete Alonzo. That is a no brainer. Although Starling Martin, listen, hell of a wingman, he would be incredible. Starling, we'd have to go uptown. We'd have to go to the Bronx. We'd have to go to, you know, Spanish Harlem. Yeah, neighborhood there, I'm going to go out with Starling. Manhattan, Queens, I'll probably, you know, go out with Pete, but I got to choose one. I'm going with Polar Pete. Yeah, I feel like Starling Marte would be the guy you want to go out with in Miami, you know, rocking the blazer without the shirt underneath. I feel like that's very much his element. So, but in New York, yeah, I, I think, I think Pete's the right call. Yeah. Yeah. Leaving the abs out will be warmer weather places, but maybe, you know, summer, you know, go to Atlantic city with Starling and ocean uh, at the ocean casino. And we're out at the HQ club and uh, I would, but yeah, I just, I don't, it wouldn't be a lot of communication because I know he didn't speak a ton of English. So it was just kind of just be like head nods and like, you know, just drinking. <laughs> it'd be it'd be pretty fun. But maybe he would teach me the uh, Starling Marte Spanish Academy. That's where the Piggy Academy would come in handy for you. But, you know, what you going to do on this one? Would you rather face a Kodai Sanga ghost fork ball or an Edwin Diaz slider? Oh, that's a good one. A slide. See, if you said Diaz fastball, I'm going to say fork ball. But the slider... I'll say the slider because at least I get trumpets leading up to it. So I'll go with the slider. Obviously, I would swing and miss at it, but I just think the fork ball is such a mystifying pitch and like it just disappears that I'd be looking back like what just happened where the slider, maybe I get a hack to first base or like a bunted to first base. So I'll say that because of the trumpets. Fair enough. All right. Well, anyone who saw or listened to the Up in the Blue Seats podcast this past week saw that we had 
John Brancion, the anthem singer for the New York Rangers. So here's a what you're gonna do. I thought you were gonna say sing Yankee Doodle Dandy in my opera voice, like I did in fifth grade, which I would love to if you would like. No, no, I'll I'll, I'll quote Molly Walker on that and just say no. You have to say it wasn't that like it sounded decent. It sounded like an amateur, very amateur opera singer. If I can make it there, I'll make it. <laughs> anywhere it's up to you new york new york it's pretty good amateur with a capital a yeah well what you gonna do sing the national anthem for a game at city field or throughout the first pitch i think first pitch because i know i'd be fine throwing first. like i'm not gonna pull 50 cent like i could throw a baseball i'm not completely inept like I could throw a good 60 miles an hour. I think I'd embarrass myself more with the anthem. I always worry with the anthem about remembering all the words. Like I'd be looking at the screen at the lyrics. They'd have to have the lyrics up for me. Cause there's some bit over and dawn and just like words that no one says in today's day and age that I wouldn't, if you mess up the national anthem, you're the laughing stock of the internet where if you throw a first pitch wild, as long as you're not throwing at the photographer's balls, like you're fine. I think first pitch is less embarrassing where the anthem, there's potential to just mess up your whole life. So as cool as the anthem would be and me doing, oh, can you see, uh, would be fun. I'll go first pitch. That's probably the safer bet, honestly. A first pitch is usually just about five seconds, whereas a national anthem, you'll be on stage for about a minute, minute and a half, depending how good you are. So good call on that one. Uh, what you going to do? Sit on the dugout or in the dugout with Buck Show Walter for a game or sit in the owner suite with Steve Cohen? I feel like I'm going to sit in the owner suite with Steve Cohen at some point this year. I'm manifesting that. I know enough people there where it's going to happen. Out there. <laughs> no, I think it, it's, it will happen. It's just a matter of when. Sit in the dugout with Buck. I think because I've been in all the, I've been in a lot of the suites with cool people and we've, we've had Cohen on the show. Uh, not this show, but this show. I've met his wife. I've met Alex Cohen. I feel like I would choose dugout because that's insane. You're in the Mets dugout. You, I mean, you're saying with the whole Mets team, not just Buck Showalter. Right. Yeah, I, I'd choose the dugout because I've been in the suites. I'm going to be in the owner's suite. That's that's more realistic that it will happen where dugout is just so unrealistic during a game. Like if that happens, it's like the pinnacle of my life. And I've sat in the dugout before, but it's before a game when there's hardly anyone in there. So during a game, being in the dugout would be pretty insane. And like fake chewing gum. The problem is I can't blow bubbles. That'd be my problem. Everyone's blowing bubbles. I just do the peanuts and spin them out like I like I'm a professional. But like, I would have to have Pete, you know, my new friend Pete that I party with, you know, teach me how to chew uh, the bubble. So definitely dug out on that one. All right, last one here. If I told you that the action of you running on the field during a game and getting ejected from City Field and never being allowed into City Field again would lead to the Mets winning a World Series, would you do it? What you going to do? What are you willing to sacrifice for a Mets World Series, Jake? So I'm banned from City Field. I can't see another game. Correct. I'm not doing that. I, I, I live for Mets games. My life is nothing without Mets baseball. We're not condoning people running on the field here either, just just for the record. Yeah, I mean, that that's they're going to win without me having to run in the field. So I, I have to go with no, I would not do that. I would not reach those extremes it's not worth it i hope that their skill could do that and and me not running around in the field would take care of that all right so then to follow up then 
if the girl of your dreams was in the stands and you had to propose on the field, that city field during a game, like that guy did in Dodger stadium, would you do it? No, there's plenty of fish in the sea. (laughs) (laughs) Quote, quote, unquote, Bob Brown. That's a quote from the dad. So no, no, I don't think, you know, I maybe maybe I just haven't met that person yet, but I would not propose on the field. I would like to, I, I know it's corny, but part of me, especially if I end up like, one day marrying a Mets fan, I do kind of want to do the proposal at City Field. I have enough connects there where, you know, I'll make it happen. The question is, would they be embarrassed? But if they're a Mets fan, I would think they would think that's cool too. So that's the goal is to maybe hopefully marry a Mets fan or at least a baseball fan that actually wouldn't hate that because some people find that corny. So uh, depending on who I meet, I wouldn't mind proposing at the stadium, but just not on the field breaking laws. So maybe that's a question for the YouTube people out there and any listeners out there, what's your feeling on getting proposed? If you're a diehard Mets fan, like, would you do it? W- would you want what Jake is proposing to you? Put it yeah, that tweet me at Jake Brown radio guy or girl. Would you be cool proposing at city field being proposed to at city field, you know, on the jumbotron, of course, like just doing it. It's gotta be on the jumbotron is what I'm saying is like, just having it happen with no one watching. Would you want everyone seeing you on the jumbotron or are you scared? You would get declined. If they say no. Would you worry about that? So that is this edition of What You're Gonna Do. We'll close out this episode of Amazing But True next. Dominic Smith grabbed my butt cheek once. Alrighty, that says adios to episode 140 of Amazing But True, our New York Myth podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to you and your hearts for producing the show. Subscribe to Amazing But True on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. Give us a five-star rating, write a nice review, watch us on the New York Post Sports YouTube page. Just follow that Amazing But True playlist, get updated on that, and see all our clips, interviews, shorts, everything there. Give us a thumbs up below and comment below as well. Let us know what you'd like to be proposed to at City Field, or is that cringe worthy? Follow us on Twitter at Amazing But True and at Jake Brown Radio. Nelson Figueroa will be back on Monday. You've heard more of the news, and he'll talk about it, about his new show on Picks 11, so we'll talk about that uh, on uh, Monday slash Tuesday. Now, Game 4 is Monday, so we'll see with the weather and games when the next episode will drop. It'll likely be Tuesday morning, but stay tuned. The schedule is just very confusing this weekend with all the rain. We'll see what ends up happening, but the games they do play, go beat the Braves. Beat them early. Send a message. You're two out. I know the standings don't matter, but win a few here. Get a grip on first place or be right there close to it. The Phillies and Marlins are 500 teams and the Nationals are 9-15, and so it's pretty tight, one through four, and I expect at least one through three to stay pretty tight all season. But enjoy the weekend at City Field. We'll see you there. Thanks, everybody, for listening to Amazing But True, and as always, let's go Mets.